This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Amen. Praise God. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing? Huh? You enjoying the weekend so far? Okay, not so much. All right, great. Good. Well, hopefully it gets better. Praise the Lord. Listen, it's so good to be before you this morning. Glad to be able to share the Word of God with you. Y'all ready to receive something from heaven? You know, we come not just so, well, I went to church. We come to learn. We come to open our hearts up to the one who gave his life for us. Amen. And um, a couple different things before we get into the message this morning I wanted to share with you. First of all, uh, there were were a significant number of you that participated to help out in uh, Johnny Richardson's funeral. And I just want to commend you. Matter of fact, I I know you don't like to do this, but would you please stand because I just want to express an appreciation for you. If you were involved somehow working in the you know, back there. I got one person brave enough. How about the rest of you? <laughs> yeah, let's give him a great big hand. I'll tell you, it was awesome. Uh, we had a, an incredible celebration, and I just appreciate. Uh, I say that because the the not only the kingdom, but our church was so well represented by all of you. Um, when we have funerals, uh, we have the privilege of be, perhaps being able to impact a lot of people's lives that don't normally come here. And uh, <clears throat> so how we uh, share our faith, the way we live, what we do, and you guys did splendidly. I'll tell you, it was wonderful. So thank you again so much for that. And I want to celebrate this couple right here. Uh, could you guys, I know you, you know, this is probably you're real fired up, but stand with me if you would please. See Jake and Cassie? They're, they're newlyweds, and we ought to just give them a great big hand. Praise the Lord. You can tell Jake is extremely happy. But anyway, you can go ahead and be seated. Um, This couple came to our church about a year ago. And uh, their lives were just like so many people, uh, a little dysfunctional and this and that and the other. But Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Jesus changed them from the inside out. And here we are now, one year later, being able to celebrate with them um, the institution of marriage, their commitment and covenant to one another. And I tell you what, the best is yet to come for those two. So congratulations, you guys. Amen. Praise God. Wonderful. Jesus is changing lives. You know, I don't know this much. I don't know that much about this. But you know the guy that wrote this this uh, song called The Rich North of Richmond or something like that? Yeah. yeah uh, he's, he's just an old boy down in Virginia someplace. I didn't realize it, but that guy got saved 30 days before God gave him that song. I believe God gave him the song. I don't know. I don't even know what the song's about. But he has went to stardom. And he was on uh, Jim Rogan's podcast. And so he, he just, he, he unloaded and just said, you know, I was at the end of my rope and he used some explicitive things that probably I wouldn't say, you know, but he just said, you know, I didn't really have any reason to live and I cried out to God. And then he shared, and now you gotta understand, Rogan is, is like anti-Jesus, okay? But uh, he shared a scripture from Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27 about, you know, attending to the word. It was powerful. And I just think to myself, you know, God is able to get people in places. And, and you know, the, the, the spectrum of audience there is absolutely huge. 
And so this guy is just sitting there going, listen, dude, I ain't nobody. I just, you know, bumped into Jesus. It was awesome. So I tell you what, God's doing some amazing things. Can you say amen? And we have the privilege of being a part of that. We know that Jesus is coming soon. We don't know the hour or the day, but I tell you what, we can at least speak in generalities that we are getting close. We're on the threshold, and he's going to walk through that door one of these days very, very soon. So we just need to be about the Father's business. I'm waiting for more response. We, we, we need to be about the Father's business. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, even like what, uh, you know, Pastor Scott was talking about in terms of values, let's put our value in the kingdom. Things that Jesus cares about, we need to care about. God loves people, we need to love people. And I realize sometimes that can be a challenge, but I tell you, it's worth it because we can impact the lives of people in such a powerful and dynamic way. Can you say amen? All right, listen, let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I do have an outline for those of you that have gotten used to that. Hallelujah. And if you're a melancholy and you've got to have all the blanks filled in, at the end of the service, I'll try to help you out. I don't know that I'm going to say, and in your notes, da-da-da-da-da. Chances are I may forget that just because that's not the way I'm wired. But I do see the value in what Pastor Brian is doing because you can always go back and refer to the scriptures. And, you know, as he was talking about wisdom for living well, um, I kind of have a, a thing that I'm going to share with you. Uh, I, I would say that probably goes along with that talking about growing. So let's go ahead and pray together, and then we'll get into what I want to share with you today. Heavenly Father, it is our privilege and really our honor, Father, to come before you today. We're so grateful for what you have done, that which you provided for us in the sending of your Son. You gave us life. We didn't understand it. We knew nothing of it. But, Father, in your mercy, your grace, your benevolence, and your love, you sent Jesus. And we're here today because of him, Father. It's not by coincidence. It's by divine design. And so with reverence and humility, Father, we come before you to hear what it is that you would have to say to us. And I want to thank you, Father, for the Spirit of God in us that helps us to know and understand the Spirit of God upon us, his presence here today to minister to those that are in need. And I just thank you, Father, that as we listen, as we hear, and as we act on your word, Father, that our lives will be enhanced and blessed as a result of it. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you all find Romans chapter 4 there? Notice with me, if you will, these two verses in uh, verse 14 and verse 15. It says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby these men lie in wait to deceive, but rather speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, who is the head, even Christ. I want to talk to you this morning about growing. How many of you know God wants us to grow? Amen. Growing. I was just talking to someone here the other day. They said, I'm, we went out to breakfast. They said, I'm on a diet. I said, what's the problem? He says, well, you know, I had to, I had to loosen up my belt a notch. And uh, how many of you have experienced that before? Well, that's not the kind of growing that I'm talking about, okay, although that, that does exist. I'm, no, I'm talking about growing spiritually. 
growing personally, growing in our relationship with, with God and, and in the knowledge of Him. God wants you to know. He wants you to grow. And, and unfortunately, a lot of folk, um, um, for a lot of different reasons, you know, they, they, they kind of, uh, well, it's kind of like, again, Pastor Scott, man, I might as well get him up here and preach. But, you know, it's kind of like what he said, you know, the, the things that we value. Well, you know, I'm okay. I'm good. You know, I'm doing pretty good here. So, well, that isn't really the attitude that God intends for any child of God to have. We ought to be passionate. We ought to be hungry. We ought to be, as he described, willing, you know, to grow where our life is concerned. So God has these principles and practices that, that makes it possible for every one of us, that includes you, to grow. And if you're not growing, then that's probably a problem. You know, I mean, they got growth charts, you know, when you take your kids into the pediatrics, you know, ward or whatever, and, you know, they're checking weight, they're checking height, they're checking all these things. Why? Because there's some kind of a standard that they have established that if your child isn't moving upward, then they assume that there may be something wrong and they begin to evaluate, you know, what the situation is. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So in other words, when we talk about growing, it's a very natural thing. It's something that should be occurring in every one of our lives. And, um, and at the end of the day, anything that's healthy grows, okay? Even if it, well, anyway, about the belt. <clears throat> so, um, but here's the thing about growing. It takes effort. I'm talking about when it comes to our spiritual lives. It, it requires discipline within priorities that we have as, as believers in order to make it possible for us. And, uh, and so it, it does require effort and discipline on our part. You know, when the Apostle Paul was talking in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, uh, he says uh, don't you realize that whenever these people are running in a race, they're all temperate in the way that they live. And, and so he was just using that as an analogy. And he says, you know, he said, you know, they're running for some incorruptible crown, but we're running for something that is, un or theirs is corruptible, ours is incorruptible. Did I get that right? Anyway, you get it, you know. And he said, so run that you might obtain. Because they're temperate in the goal or the thing that they want to achieve, and we want you to be the same way as a believer and as a child of God. That makes sense, doesn't it? You know, so that we can grow and, and uh, uh, bring the seed that God has in our life to fruition. You know, when Jesus talked about the parable, it's a, it's a beautiful parable in Mark and Luke, you know, that, that he gives to us about the seed is the word of God. And when it's planted, it has the ability to produce a certain level of production. But yet, unfortunately, he talks about the different kinds of soil, which is really the condition of our hearts and how that at the end of the day, he's only getting about an 8% 8, 8 return on a hundredfold. You say, well, how do you do that math? Well, he talked about four different types of soil, and, and the first three, they never brought fruit to fruition. The last one, he said, some bring forth fruit 30, 60, and 100 full. So I don't need to do all the math there, but, you know, 25% of that makes eight and a half or a third or whatever. Okay. Good. I'm glad you're good with numbers. 
But, you know, t- think about it this way, you know, talking about growing spiritually, think about, you know, some of the top athletics or athletes, you know, and, and how that they train. And what makes them exceptional is, is they're going above and beyond. They're doing more than what other people are willing to do. Now, you know, again, Pastor Scott said, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. I hope we get willing. Hallelujah. Why? Because we want to be at the top. We want to be tempered in all things, as Paul said, so that we can grow up into him in all things who is the head, even Christ. Hallelujah. That's the plan, the purpose, and the call of God, to be conformed into the image of God's dear son, to be like Jesus, to be Christ-like. But again, it takes, some, it takes some effort, it takes some discipline, and like I said, these, these athletes, I mean, they, they go to great extremes, why? Because they're looking for that, you know, just that extra edge that will enable them to be able to receive the crown. You know, you take a, a, a person like a pianist, you know, or, or some type of person who, who's, you know, somebody sits in the first chair, and the reason they're sitting there is because they are above all the rest of the folks. Are you with me? Whether they're playing a saxophone or whatever it is that they're doing, they, they, they earn the right, if you want to call it that, to be in that place, to be in that chair. Well, again, the Apostle Paul told you and I, we need to run so that we can obtain what it is that God has for us. So here's my question. Hallelujah. You've been growing? How have you been growing? Are you growing? And if not, why not? See, thank God he's made it possible for all of us to grow. You can grow, I can grow, we can grow into the conformity of Christ to be like him. And here's the good thing about it is, is that there are rewards to obedience. How many of you know it doesn't cost, but it pays to obey God? So in your notes, It says that God wants you both to know and to grow in the knowledge of him, hallelujah, and also his will. The plan of God, you know, has always been to restore mankind, you and I, back to heaven's original intent. We know there was a transgression in the garden. It opened up the door to the curse. It caused man to fall, you know, and all of a sudden we took on this nature called sin that has wrecked the lives of people right and left for millennia time beyond. But thank God Jesus came. And he didn't come purposeless. He came with a very definite intention. And again, that was to restore you and I back to God's original purpose, which he has done. And not only that, but opened up the door for you and I to experience the new birth, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, to be empowered by God's own power to live a life not only that is pleasing to him, but also, praise God, provides you and I victory in this life. Can you say amen? So it's important for us to understand that he's got this plan and he, again, he wants you to grow. And if you're not growing, then, you know, here's the thing. God's not hiding the truth from you, as a lot of people think, but rather he's trying to get the truth to you. I don't know why I keep kind of pounding on this point, but it seems as though maybe there's... um, um, 
an, uh, an emphasis or, or an influence, if you want to call it that, within the kingdom of God, uh, within the church, within evangelicalism that, you know, well, you know, after all, God, you know, I mean, he's sovereign the way, you know, he functions. And so we can't always know everything, you know, and, and I just don't really quite know how to explain this and that and the other. And, and, and whether you realize it or not, that kind of reasoning is abs, ab, actually an abdication of responsibility. Because it lets you off the hook. I don't have to really figure it out. I don't really know. I mean, God, he's, he's who he is, and so he does what he does. But the fact of the matter is, is that God revealed himself in his son so that you and I would know. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Hallelujah. So Jesus was the will of God in action who went about preaching, teaching, and healing every place he went. Are you listening to me? So thank God we have this uh, copy, if you want to call it that, of the last will and testament of Jesus. And so, yes, you can know. And God wants you to. It's so important for us. Hallelujah. Um, <clears throat> you know, Brian... Brian, Pastor Brian was talking about, you know, wisdom to live well. And uh, he made reference to the book of Proverbs and things. And so I want to read about eight, nine verses out of chapter eight. And I want you to see this because it actually this this line of thinking or this theme is laced throughout the entire book of Proverbs. But notice with me, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. They'll have it up here on the screen if you want to follow along. And uh, it says this. It says, listen. Everybody say listen. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. On the hilltop along the road, she takes her stand at the crossroads by the gates at the entrance of the town. On the road leading in, she cries out, I call to you, all, to all of you. I raise my voice to all people. Now, they didn't have cars back then, all right? So there was a lot of hoofing or getting on some kind of an animal and doing whatever it is you did. But notice how it says that wisdom positions itself in a place where you can't miss it, okay? So as people are coming in and out, you know, through the gates into the city, I mean, here, here, here's wisdom standing up on top of this, you know, knoll or whatever you want to call it, and it's going, hey, hey, I've got something for you. Now notice the fifth verse. You simple people. <laughs> We're not defining who that is right now, but use good judgment. You foolish people, show some understanding. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything that I say is right. For I speak the truth and detest every kind of deception. My advice is wholesome. There's nothing devious or crooked in it. My words are plain, listen, to anyone with understanding, clear to those who have knowledge. Now turn with me, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1. And I want to use this scripture too. 
to kind of reinforce this point that I want to make to you that God really wants you to know. You know, people, a lot of times, you know, there's things going on in your life and you can't get your head wrapped around what the world's going on. So we just kind of, you know, we don't really, we don't really pursue it. We really just don't chase this thing down until we get the facts so that we know, you know, so that we can face reality about what it is that's going on. We'll make some excuses and we'll say, well, you know, whatever. I mean, in other words, it just kind of gets away from us. Listen to me, you guys. God doesn't want things to be getting away from you. He wants you to know. And he has an answer. He has, he has wisdom for you so that you don't have to continue living within the circumstance that you find yourself that you're not really happy about. Are you with me? Notice this verse of scripture here in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. Paul is writing, he said, For this cause also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled. Everybody say filled. Filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and also increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, I want you to notice particularly here, it says that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. Okay, so you get knowledge, wisdom makes you be able to have or make an application. But notice it says here, it also says spiritual understanding. Oh, thank God. You know, when Jesus said, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. You know, many prophets, righteous men have desired to see the things that you see and have not seen them, to hear the things you've heard and have not heard them. Your ability to know the will of God is because of the greater one that's on the inside of you because of the illumination, because of, you know, revelation that comes from him. How many of you know he wants you to have it? And I mean, he's your helper. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, just like this last week, um, I lost a pair of glasses. How many of you know they don't give those away? You know, and I'd lost these glasses and they'd been on the, you know, lamb for, I don't know, a while. And I'm looking all over, and I'm trying to find them, and I can't find them. And finally, the light bulb came on. I said, Lord, I said, you know where they are. I ask you to help me by the Holy Ghost find them. And I, I, God is my witness. Ten minutes later, <clears throat> he said, go look in the motorcycle. And they're not there. You know how we are. God tries to tell you something, and then all of a sudden, you, you're smarter than him. Go look in the bike. So I, you know, come up out of the basement, went upstairs, went out into the garage. You know, I'm looking in the trunk, but she's got most of her stuff in there. So, you know, it's kind of hard to find stuff. But anyway, I kept looking. I'll hear about that later. Look at that. Did you, did you see that look right there? Ooh, baby. Well, anyway, sure enough, I open up one of the saddlebags and there they are. God's smart. And now, you know, and, and just a few, well, this last week, as a matter of fact, I was, I was doing something. I don't remember what I was doing. But all of a sudden, I had this intuition uh, within me to ask the Lord for favor in a situation. I was needing to buy a piece of equipment, and, and um, you know, I always try to find about six people that want to fight against one another so I can get the best deal. How I many of you know that's a good idea? And so... I just asked the Lord, I said, you know, God, I I just ask you to give me favor. And you know what? He did. 
I mean, he did, and I, I don't need to get into all the details, but it was uh, uh, fantastic, uh, uh, not fantastic, it was a really good deal. And, and so my point to you is, how many of you know he wants to help you? He really does. You know, in, in some of the simplest things of life, if we would just look to him, and it's important for us, you know, understand those kinds of things. So notice here it says again, this is my, uh, I was trying to get to this point. And notice it says in verse 9, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, that being the ability to use it, the knowledge, and spiritual understanding. So, uh, I looked at this, this spiritual understanding thing, and it took me by reference to a, a story or situation in one of the Gospels in Luke chapter 2, I believe it is, where Jesus is 12 years old. And you remember that he was with his family. They were going down, you know, to make their annual pilgrimage to uh, Jerusalem. And they must have kind of traveled in, you know, groups or whatever the case might be. So the, the, their, his folks had left with the group, and they thought that he was with somebody else. It's all good. Let's go home. Three days later, they realized this, this kid ain't with us. So they rolled back to Jerusalem looking for him, feverishly trying to figure out where in the world he was. And he just said, well, why are you so stirred up, man? Don't you know I need to be about my father's business? But while he was sitting there, he's asking these religious rulers in that setting, and, and the Bible says that all that heard him were astonished at his understanding of the things, or the answer, or not only his understanding, but his answers. Now, why do I use that as an illustration? Because I think it's important for you to realize that you know, if you want to grow, like I said, it's going to cost you something. And part of the cost is, is that you can't allow other things to distract you and keep you from your mission, if you want to call it that. Here's a kid that didn't even think anything about the fact that, you know, my folks are going to get upset with me because they're going to realize I'm not around. I better go. He didn't do that. The priority where his life was concerned is he wanted to learn. Am I in the right house? Yes. Yeah. When, when my wife and I, um, when I finally got sense enough to propose to her, um, we, um, we were going to get married, but between the proposal and the marriage, um, I was uh, also called into the ministry, and so I wanted to go uh, check this school out. So me and another friend, his, uh, I think they were, were they married? I guess they, mar they were married. And we went to Tulsa. But the thing about it is, is that we didn't have nothing. You know, I mean, no resources really to speak of or anything of that nature. But we just, you know, we said, well, how are we going to go check this school out? See, when you're hungry, you don't, you, you, you figure a way out. You, you figure out what to do. Am I in the right house? In other words, you know, you, you put everything else aside. So, so we decided that we could camp out because we were going down there to look uh, for a place to live. And... Uh, we're in the middle of the night, driving all night, you know, going down to this place, you know, kind of after work or whatever. And it was actually, it was Angela's dad, Chris, and he had a big old um, uh, Mountain Dew. And he's in the back seat, I'm driving, his car, and uh, I think him and his wife are in the back, and Joan and I are in the front, and we're driving down there, and it's hot, you know? Everybody say hot. 
it would have been like, I don't know, probably, well, it was in probably August, I guess, maybe late July. It was hot. Air conditioner didn't work. Windows are rolled down. We're rolling down the road. And so this guy, somehow or another, manages to spill this Mountain Dew right down my back. Did I tell you it was hot? And you know, if you get a, a, a big old glass of sugar and you do this, now this is this story, real, true. It gets everywhere. <clears throat> so we get down there. We don't know where we're at. You know, there ain't no KOA camps, no place. And so we just pull it off and, and decide that we're going to let the girls sleep in the car, I think it was, and we were going to sleep in this tent outside or just throw a blanket on the ground and get some... I'm talking about being hungry, you know, for what, doing whatever it is you got to do in order to grow. Well, so we, we lay out there and remember the Mountain Dew? Dude, I am like a popsicle to every mosquito in Oklahoma. And you know, I'm... Guess what? We're not going to get any sleep. Finally, we jumped in the car with them, and it wasn't any better because you got to roll up the windows, huh? I mean, it was terrible. Thank God I couldn't wait till the sun came up. Went to a KOA camp, took a shower, felt a lot better, and did what we did. But my point to using that is simply this. you got to do whatever it takes if you want to grow. Am I in the right house? And there's so many distractions, you guys. I mean, our lives are busy. We have so, you know, with the affluence of our lives, we have options. We can do all kinds of things. And so somehow or another, it isn't that we don't love Jesus or even that we don't love God. It's just that, you know, stuff kind of gets, <clears throat> excuse me, gets in the road and then it doesn't happen. So where's the disconnect? What can we do here? How can we, how can we change this? Is it all right with you? You guys doing all right? I'm going to give you another uh, uh, um, thing to fill in the blank here in just a minute. So in your notes, there's two reasons why people, and, and there may be more, so just go with me on this, but really there's two reasons why people aren't experiencing God best in their life. The first of which is, are you ready? Indifference. Yeah, it's not so big a deal. Second one, you ready? Listen, you ain't gonna like this. Stubborn. Yeah, stubborn. Remember that scripture that we used in Proverbs chapter five? The indifferent people are the simple people. Okay? You simple people, use good judgment. Wake up. And then it goes on to say, you foolish people. Those are the stubborn ones. Huh? It says, show some understanding. A, a, a beautiful picture and illustration of this is the nation of Israel. You know, when God came down, he made a deliverer out of Moses. And he says, I'm going to have you lead these people out. He goes, I'm out. Not interested. Go find somebody else. I don't talk very well. I got a few issues. So why don't you just find someone? No, you're the guy. I tell you what, you know, we, we, we try to sidestep God's plan for our, our, our lives often. Am I in the right house? So, you know, sometimes sooner or later, you just got to step up to the plate and say, okay, let's get with it. Well, he did. And uh, he got Aaron to kind of help him, his older brother, you know, and so on and so forth and the way they went. But the unfortunate thing about it is, is that these people never got to where it is God wanted to take them. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of Christians within the community of faith, they don't get where God wants to. I'm talking about God's best. Are you with me? And the reason being, of course, is the Bible says that they limited the Holy One of Israel. The Bible says they were stubborn or stiff-necked. In other words, you know, when God would tell them something, they go, well, no, I don't want to do that. And so he showed himself 10 different times to them. Talk about the patience of God trying to help them what, what? To get where he wanted them to go. And finally he just said, you know what? I'm done. But I gotta say 10 times, that's, that's significant patience, huh? Come on, help me. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, well, why didn't God do this? God's been trying to tell a lot of folk a lot of things. They just don't want to listen. You know? And a lot of times it's because the price is too high. I'm telling you, God's got a plan for your life. And he's got a direction that he wants to take you in that will bless you if you're smart enough to humble yourself and listen to what he's saying. And stop striving against what it is that he wants to do in your life. Well, I don't want to give that up. Well, then go without but don't blame God, the preacher, or anybody else for your problems. You chose, they chose, they died in the wilderness. Are you with me? Yeah, that's not, that, 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 that makes people happy, hallelujah. You know? You know, there is a real sense in which God wanted to deliver them from themselves. He got them out of Egypt, he just couldn't get Egypt out of them. And the same thing's true with Christians, you know, I mean, praise God, I mean, there's stuff, you know, that we need to deal with. So, you know, when I say that there's two reasons why, you know, people don't enjoy God's best, one of which is indifference, or we could say complacency or lazy, you know, it's, it's kind of in that, in that realm, you know. Um, I remember um, talking to people about Jesus in, in days gone by and, and talking to them about I remember one in particular, one instance, and man, I want to get them saved. Why? Because I don't want them to go to hell. I want them to enjoy and know life and life more abundantly. And so I'm talking to this one person, you know, and, uh, and, and this was their, their comment. Well, I'm glad that you're being helped, but I'm okay. What is that? That's indifference. Huh? Here's somebody that's, that's offering them the gift of life, and they say, nah, I'm good. Well, you know what? They're not going to be good. And I can tell you about this person's life, and it was not good. Bound by alcohol, had disease in his body, died at a young age, and never did know the blessing of God in his life. Are you listening to me? And then, of course, there's the stubborn Let's talk about them. I'm not talking about you, so just keep looking straight ahead. Nobody will know that I'm talking about somebody else. But to be stubborn, much of the time, and, and this is true, I, where my life, much of the time before I was saved, you know, um, you couldn't tell me anything. It was so dumb. Am I in the right house? Now, that was B.C., Thank God I got smart afterwards, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I mean, like when my parents trying to raise me, I was spoiled, you know, and, 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 and there wasn't a lot of parenting that was going on, so I was kind of left to myself. And the Bible says that a child left to themselves brings their what? Mother shame. And I did. 
I was totally disrespectful. I mean, I'm ashamed of, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a conversation with my mother, and I'm going to do some serious repenting. Because, you know, you just, in, people become stubborn, and, and they think they know it all. And, and Christians are that way. Oh, no, no, you know, I've heard all that, you know, whatever, but I ain't, I ain't going with that. No, uh-uh. You know, listen, dude, if you can sit in a service for an hour and get one thing, one thing, that makes that hour worth it. And you might be able to, I remember one time I was invited to an event, you know, and it was not within our circles, but I went there and it was a week long of, you know, taking a drink out of a fire hydrant, okay? And so for six days, I think it was, it was just relentless. But you know, one thing I learned in that is, is that if you're not careful, you can become very sectarian. What do I mean? You know, you get in your little deal and this is all you know, and this is, you know, if it ain't this way, then it's not right. Well, that's not necessarily true. Thanks for your enthusiasm, you know, but I learned something. And you could learn a few things, too, when it comes to these different kinds of things. But, you know, that, that stubbornness makes people arrogant, inflated with pride. It causes them to be disrespectful and undisciplined. And, and, and you know, it kind of boils down to, well, nobody's going to tell me what I think, you know, what I'm going, supposed to do. And you see it in the church, dude, big time. You know, no, 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 I ain't going to do that. You know, that preacher, I don't, uh-uh, no, uh-uh. Well, fine. But you know, the thing of it is, is that if what the preacher's saying is true, maybe you ought to give some consideration to it and maybe give some consideration to whether or not you're being blinded by your stubbornness. Now, I know none of you are stubborn. Remember we talked about that in the very beginning? We were just talking about all the people that aren't here today, right? But it is true, and a lot of times it causes people, you know, I, I tell you, man, you know, a lot of people, and, and maybe you're there, some people are in a really bad place. This gets right down to where the rubber meets the road, but I'm telling you that a lot of folk are in, in a really bad place because they're indifferent. Nah, I'm okay. I'm getting along all right. You know, or they're stubborn and you can't tell them anything. And that's what's got them where it is that they, and, and here's the truth. They need help. Maybe you need help to, to come to grips with what it is that's going on in your life. And, and some, you know, they're, they're in a bad place and they don't know it. And, and quite honestly, I think that's worse than the first one. You know, they're blinded by what it is that's going on in their life. And, and uh, um, you know, uh, not this, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'll tell you what you're not good at. <laughs> Self-evaluation is a tough thing. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But here's the thing. At the end of the day, you need to be honest with yourself. If you've got all this junk going on in your life, it's time to step back and reevaluate, okay? Well, no, 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 it's not me. It's this, it's that, it's my job, it's this person, it's my boss, it's whatever. Probably not. Everybody smile, come on. I'll get you back up. Hallelujah. You know that's true though, right? Huh? And, um, it's so it's important uh, for us to realize these things and, and walk in the light of it. So I think I'm ready to give you another blank. Are you ready? Our Heavenly Father sent His Son so that we could be free, but we have to listen and act. You have to listen 
You have to act. Okay? Now, not only did he send his son, but he sent us some ministry gifts to teach us. Now, you may not agree with everything that's being said, but like I said, if you can sit there and hear something and learn something from them, you know, you can eat the hay and leave the sticks. That's what our spiritual father told us to do. You say, well, what's that mean? That means when you have a bale of hay, you know, there's going to be good hay in it and there might be a few sticks. Well, just don't eat them. Okay, let them go. Are you with me? Turn back there, if you would, back to Ephesians chapter 4 to our text that we had. You all doing all right? Okay, notice what it says here. Uh, verse 11 of the fourth chapter. And he, Jesus, gave gifts unto men, and he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting or maturing of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edification of the body of Christ. In other words, so that it can grow and rise as a church till we all come into the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, again to a mature man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, again that we henceforth be no more children or infants tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. I'm telling you what, these guys in this book right here, these five, these what we refer to as the ministry gifts are sent to help you to grow so that you're not all over the place and in terms of what it is that you believe and how it is that you live so that you can be grounded and settled. Everybody say, I thank God for the church. Yeah, you should be thanking God for your church and the people that are in it. And when we, you know, uh, uh, for example, we've got our Faith Life Con Conference coming up in October. And uh, Pastor Brian's got a couple uh, guys that are going to be coming in and, and preaching. John's going to be over there with your kids. And a lot of people, they won't come. They won't. Well, I'm, I was too busy. I had something else going on. In other words, it's not a priority. We're going to end up spending thousands of dollars, literally, to bring these men into this church so that you can hear the Word of God and grow. And so when October, whatever it is, comes around, you ought to make it a priority that you're here. Are you with me? Uh, they were, Pastor Scott was talking about signing up for small groups. You know, if you're not in a group, get one. Go out after the service out there and sign up. Why? So you can grow. Iron sharpens iron. You know, well, I don't like them people. You know, I get in there and they get to pouting about this and that and the other. And then they're grinding on whatever, you know, blah, 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 blah. Oh, get over yourself, will you? Show some forbearance. Huh? Help that person if you can, instead of just casting. Some of you don't like this, what I'm telling you right now. Why? Because you've got your little comfy zone, baby. You know, and I don't want to get in some kind of place where, you know, you know, she's ranting about whatever. Well, that's why we have leaders. And they sometimes have to rein things in because people get on a rant or they, you know, go off to God only knows where. And they're not really respectful of the rest of the crew. Come on, am I in the right house? Let's all grow up. Come on, let's be mature. But it, the, the intention is to help you to grow relationally and spiritually. So like I said, he'll spend thousands of dollars to bring these guys in. And some people will say, well, my God. You're spending what? Yeah, money. Why? Because it makes the church strong. And when you have a mentality like yours, nothing happens. You're squabbling over 20 bucks. 
You say, can you say this? Our, it's out there, man. It's too late now. <laughs> yeah, it costs money to preach the gospel. You know, so when we're bringing these people in, you know, when we take them down to Spring Hill Streets, they don't say, well, you know what? We kind of like you, so we're just going to give you the room. No. Every night, ching, ching, ching. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, but we're going to pay them well. You say, well, I think they're getting too much money. Great attitude, buddy. You'll go a long ways in your life. I'm sure of that. Hmm. How am I doing? It's all good. Yeah. Not that I really (laughs) asked him. I think these things are important. We have the best preachers, you guys, that quote unquote money can buy to come in here and to bless you. And most people would say, well, that's just too much money. And, I'll get, and guess what? They'll never grow. They'll never have victory. They won't, you know, flourish the way that God wants them to. Dude, I'm telling you, you know, uh, John Maxwell talked about the fact that there were certain individuals. He's a leadership guru. And um, when he first got started, he would, he would, he would find someone that he wanted to, to sit down and ask questions of. And uh, so when he got an audience with him, he said, I'll pay you $100 to sit down with me over lunch so that I can ask you questions. That's hungry. Huh? He said, I'll pay you. Well, of course, the guy never took the money. But then again, he would ask him questions. Why? Because he wanted to learn. You know, there's, there's things we can learn from others. If you see somebody that's successful in whatever area that, you, you know, might be marriage, kids, parenting, you know, different things, dude, you need to ask some questions. Hey, how are you doing this? How, how does this work? Why? So that you can grow. Because obviously we don't always have everything figured out, and I probably need to come to a close, so let's move right along. There are two types of growth. Did I tell you that? Yeah. Did I fill in blanks in for you? You have to come back next week, we'll find you. No, I'll tell you. There are two types of growth. There's easy and there's difficult. You know? It's easy. You know, you can go along and look for, uh, you know, gold and do a little pan or whatever, but if you want to get after it, you got to get, you get yourself a big excavator and what's those guys? What's Gold rush. Dig, baby. Dig. And so, you know... <clears throat> And, and here's something I made reference to John Maxwell, but he made this statement years and years and years ago, probably 30 years ago. He said that people stop growing because the price or because it becomes too difficult. Well, he said it this way, the price becomes too high. They're just not willing. You know, you won't take the next step. You know, I remember uh, I use uh, George as an example. He was in the insurance business. He had a big block of casualty um, uh, insurance that he was dealing with and life insurance, you know, and different things like that. And the casualty end of it, you know, you just do a whole lot of work and you don't get a lot of premium out of the deal. So he sold the block to somebody else and he went to get his security license. And I don't, how old were you, George, when you did that? 30. To get the security license? So my point, I thought he was older than that. I thought he was way older than that, as a matter of fact. But anyway, my point to it is, is that, you know, you had to shift. Now, I don't know, I'm, I'm not in that arena. Reed would probably know and some different ones, you know, when it comes to, and you might know, when it comes to getting your security license, um, that ain't easy. 
And they have different levels, don't they? Like section whatever, whatever. And the thing about it is, is that the higher it goes, the more difficult it is. Now, you could either say, well, no, I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to, you know, uh-uh, I ain't going to do that. And you won't enjoy the benefit of it. Are you with me? But if you want to, you can hunker down. And, and these guys, I think they have to, you know, retake their tests or re-up or whatever the case might be. And, and again, they're not easy tests to take. What am I trying to say? Yeah, you can easy grow or you can deal with the things that are difficult to grow and you can benefit more greatly from that. Does that make sense to you? Okay, and so again, people stop growing when the price becomes too high. So there is a price to growing. Jesus with his disciples, he said, follow me. They had to drop everything. That's a price. Well, no, I want my own life. Well, then keep it. A couple of those guys, hey, I'll follow you, but I got a couple things I need to care for. He said, adios. Say, hey, I want to follow you. He said, well, I don't have any place to lay my head. What do you think about that? Uh, maybe not. Rich man, young guy, ruler comes rolling in and says, hey, I've, I've kept everything that the law says. What do, you, what do you want me to do? He says, I tell you what, why don't you just get rid of all that and just follow me? He couldn't do it. I say he couldn't do it. Why? Because the price was too high. Okay, I'm not pounding the guy. I mean, you know, it's just, it is what it is. So sometimes you got to lay everything else down in order to get where it is that you want to go. Uh, I mentioned the thing about Jesus being 12 years old. David, as a young boy, I mean, he, he, people think, well, you know, he's the last one of eight. He's back here on the backside of God only knows where, taking care of his dad's sheep. He ain't ever going to amount to anything. Well, you know what? While that guy was out there, he was meditating on the scriptures and feeding on the word of God and finding out what the plan of God was for his life. And he was positioning himself for greatness and he didn't even know it. When he went to see his, his brothers, you know, and brought some provision to him, he said, what's going on here? He says, well, I'll fight him. What's the problem here? Let's go kill this guy. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Man, I'm in it. And that wasn't something that was coming out of here, guys. That was something that was born on the inside of him. And guess what? He said, you come to me with a sword and a spear, but I'm telling you, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, and he's going to give you into my hands. Well, all that happened way back there. So, you know, so much of what we do in life, you guys, when it comes to growing is, is that we're doing all this difficult stuff and then all of a sudden, payday comes. Huh? Are you listening to me? Cat, didn't you take all them security things once? Yeah. You know, it just, it, it, well, you get this, okay? All right, it's 11 o'clock. Supposed to wheel her down. Hallelujah. Notice this terminology in the Bible. Now, you, you might be sitting there and saying, oh, Dear God, I'm too old for all this, Pastor. Can you just, you know, you got something easier? Nope. You're not too old. You just think you are. You know, you could become kinder, you could be more of a servant. You could assist, you could aid, you could bless, you could do a lot of different things. Are you with me? You know, a lot, of, a lot of older people, they lose their filter. How many of you know what I'm talking about? They say things that they probably should have left at the shelf, on the shelf, at home. Okay? 
Don't lose your filter. Be the person God wants you to be. Be temperate in all things. Zip your lip. You say, oh, thank God I'm young. He must not be talking about me. Well, you know, it works everywhere. You know what I'm saying? You know? And so, notice the terminology of the Bible. Fight. The good fight of faith. Oh, no, I'm a pacifist. <laughs> You're going to make a poor Christian. Oh, thank you. All right. Contend. Strive. Or striving. Grow. Be steadfast. Become established. Be faithful. Be unmovable. Always abounding. This is the terminology of the Bible. So it's not for the, 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 the faint of heart, if you want to call it that, because we have battles. Hell is after your kids. You've got to say no in Jesus' name. And you've got you you to say pastor. You've got to parent. You've got you to be engaged. And, and guess what? Sometimes that's work. It's arduous. It's the last thing you want to do after you've been working all day. But it's still something that has to happen. Why? So that those kids will turn out to be a blessing. Are you with me? It's just the way it works. You know, the world we're living in right now with culture, and this too will pass, you know, it, never, it won't hold up. You know, it's like you don't have to work. Government will take care of you. The government ain't going to take care of you. They're going to make a slave out of you. Thanks for your excitement on that end too. Hallelujah. You got everything you need to make your own way. Nobody, nobody owes you a living, and you can do it, praise God. Why? Because he's enabled you to be the person that he wants you to be. Can you say amen? So I'm coming to a close, and I'm going to ask you this important question. I've talked to you about what this is all about and what needs to happen. So what drives the discipline? In other words, what, what motivates us to do what I've been talking to you about? And I think first and foremost, if there isn't anything, you know, this is in your notes. You ready? First one is love for God. He purchased you with his own blood. He gave his life so that you could live. And we need to honor him in growing, learning, developing. Are you with me? It's worth it. You know, so that he can say, well done. So that he can say, this is my beloved son in whom I, or daughter in whom I am well pleased. Why? Because, and so that's the second thing. The, the second reason is, is because it's right. So you put, it's right. I didn't give you two spaces there, but you get it. It's right. It's just right to grow and to develop and to honor him in this way. And then number three, if you do it, you'll be rewarded. Huh? So you'll be pleasing your heavenly Father and at the same time, you know, you can't, you can't curse what God has blessed. Are you with me? You start obeying God and something's going to happen in a good way. Are you with me? He watches over his word to perform it. You know? So when you get into a marriage situation and you have a spat, maybe it's not a spat, maybe it's a World War III I don't know how you describe it. But, you know, at that moment in your life, if we've done our due diligence, we could say, whoa, 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 time out. No, uh-uh, we're not, we're not going here anymore. You just have to put a stop to it. 
Are you with me? That's why I'm so grateful for my wife. When we first got married, I had a lot of things I needed to fix. And so we would talk about these different things, you know. I'll give you a great example. When we first got married, I didn't think anything of it. But, you know, people can be sarcastic. Do you know that? Sarcasm. Bad deal. You know, and so she brought this to my attention. She says, honey, you know, when we were out with these other couples and things, did you notice? And it all starts with this seemingly, you know, um, uh, harmless kind of comment that is a bit sarcastic, you know, and so somebody says something and all of a sudden, you know, uh, and before it's over with, the other person goes, well, I ain't gonna be outdone here. And so here comes another sarcastic comment from somebody else. And before it's over with, you got all kind of problems. She says, I don't want a relationship like that. And so I don't ever want to have any kind of sarcasm within our relationship. I said, I'm in. So we stopped it. So what am I trying to say to you? You know, if you want to quit fighting, you can. You don't always have to be right, even though maybe you are. Okay, I'll give you a little help there. (laughs) But at the end of the day, man, you're on the same team. And if you don't get yourself together, dude, you're going to tear one another apart. And it won't be the will of God. You say, well, I don't know. You know, they're just, you know, it was them. And so you'll blame them and you'll make your excuses and all this other stuff. Or, or, come on now. Or you can say, you know what? What are we doing? And that's a great question. What are we doing? You know, we're, we, we love one another. Why are we fussing? You know, Mary, leave Bill alone. No, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> Do you get it? You know, we end up in these things, and we don't even realize that we're self-destructing, and hell is the author of all of it. So, so when we read that scripture there in Proverbs, where it says uh, uh, 8, 5, uh, let me find it right here. You simple people, <laughs> use good judgment, and you foolish people, show some understanding. In other words, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is and then walk in the light of it. Can you say amen? amen. You know, and, and maybe you, it, it does require some uh, uh, reevaluation or self-evaluation and say, man, what's triggering all this? What are we doing here? And what can we do differently? It does take some work. Say, well, you know, here's something. Well, can we change that? Or can we remove that from our lives or whatever the case might be? Because I tell you guys, God really loves you. And he wants the best. He wants you to have heaven on earth. And you can. You absolutely can. How many of you like that? Does that sound like a good idea? Okay. So, you know, you just, you know, um, you have to think through some of those things. And I'm going to finish with this commendation that Paul gave to us. And um, it comes from Second uh, Thessalonians chapter one and three. Did we fill in all the banks? Oh, praise God! Make you feel good for the rest of the weekend. Your holiday tomorrow is going to be so good. <laughs> Hallelujah! Notice what he says here in in Second Thess or yeah, Second Thessalonians one three. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren or brothers, as it is right, because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. 
Hallelujah. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God uh, for your steadfastness, your faith in all of the persecutions and afflictions that you are enduring as people. You know, it really should be within the uh, body life of the church that love should be that domineering characteristic that we love one another. The more you get to know somebody, the more you're going to see their dirty laundry. Okay? And everybody has dirty laundry. Okay? So we're not, we're not here to judge. Are you with me? Well, they are no better than that. Probably. Why don't they get that thing fixed? Probably because of the same reason you don't fix whatever it is you got going on. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, you know. Are you getting this? In other words, the whole thing is don't let the devil walk you down some primrose path to where you're going to fuss about somebody in the church. People fuss in the church all the time. Stop it. We don't have time for that. We got to go around and put out fires. Are you kidding me? There's a whole lot of other things that are a whole lot more important. Am I in the right house? If you've been talking about somebody, repent. You say, how come you say these things? Because people do it. You know, and more than likely, there's some stuff going on that the Holy Ghost is trying to, you know, give you a message. Hey, <laughs> don't do that because it always comes back to bite you. So when Paul, or again, when Paul was writing, he says, you know, we're bound to give thanks for you. We see that your faith is increasing, your love toward one another is abounding. That's what we want, you guys. Amen. Isn't that what you want? Yeah, we want to grow. So continuing to grow, it's worth it. Again, I said anything healthy is always growing. Let's keep it up. I mean, praise God. That way Jesus can be proud of us. Can you say amen? Why don't you stand with me if you would please. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, uh, here's what I'd like to do uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to I'm going to invite you to do one other thing, and uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be good. So let's pray together, and then um, I'll I'll share with you what I want to do. Father in heaven, we uh, we're grateful, Father, for this uh, 45 50 minutes that we've had together. We're so honored, Father, because of what it is that you've done to help us to grow. And Father, that you've given us the Holy Spirit to be able to live our lives in a manner that is pleasing to you. Father, I pray for everybody here within the sound of my voice, those that may watch this online, that they too, Father God, would take a moment to evaluate and to purpose or commit within their heart, Father God, to be people that are growing. Lord, sometimes we, we park by... Um, chronic problems, circumstances, situations that come up in our lives. And Lord, I'm just asking you to help every one of us to put that car in drive and drive away. And to be able, Father God, to keep ourselves on the road that you've given to us to pursue your purposes for our lives. And so I just want to thank you, Father, for your blessing in this house, in these people's lives, in their families, their homes. While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. But if you're here today, you've never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life, I want to give you an opportunity to do that just now. Just slip your hand up right where you're standing with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. Say, Jesus, I need to know you. I don't, I don't know that I know you. Is there anyone as I look across the crowd here? Anyone at all? 
Maybe there's someone online, you're watching this, maybe for the first time or whatever. Jesus loves you and he wants your life to be blessed. If you call on him, you can be saved. Ask him to forgive you, to come into your life and be the Lord of your life and your life will never be the same. Anyone, again, as I look one more time, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for this body of believers, these children of God, Father, these that belong to you, and all that you have done in their lives up until this moment and all the things you're gonna do going forward. I thank you, Father, for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you would remain standing, and if you would, grab the cups, you know, the, the, the uh, things for communion here. And um, I, um, I just had it in my heart to, to approach our communion together in this way. And I want you to know that um, you're not under any obligation whatsoever, you know, to do this. It's I, I really, more than anything else, I want, it, I want you to participate in this um, because it's in your heart, okay? And there's no indictment against people that don't do it at all either. No, n nothing like that. But let's just say that in the context of my sharing with you this morning that there were some things that kind of came up and you're going, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And, and some of that kind of thing, things that need to be dealt with. And so what I want to do is I want to invite you to come and stand here at the altar looking at that wall. If you want to come, it's not an obligation. But, but if there's something that has resonated within you and, and you're just saying, you know what, I'm taking this step, I'm, I'm, I'm moving toward doing something about this situation, it, does that give definition to what I'm talking about here? And again, you, there's no embarrassment. I, I, I think at the end of the day, man, I mean, you've got to get delivered about whatever everybody else will think because it's none of their business anyway. You just come before him. That's what we're doing. And then we're going to have or take communion together. So if you find yourself in that place, you have a desire to do it, just come right now. Praise the Lord. I'll wait for you. Amen. Yeah, just come on. Anybody, everybody? I kind of figured that a whole bunch of us would come. Amen. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, just face that way. We're going to have communion together. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we want to grow. And today is a defining moment in our lives where we're choosing to say yes to that growth process. Anybody else? got areas in your life, you know, man, dude, I just got to get this. I got to get victory here. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking to you about. And, and all the, the step forward is, is just saying, God, I need your help. I, I, I need your help. That's okay. It's okay to need help. Come right on. Praise the Lord. I'll wait. We'll wait. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't he wonderful? Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'll uh, invite those of you in the congregation to remain standing for just a moment before the Lord as we participate. Those of you that have come, I just want you to be able to have this intimate time with him where your heart and your life is concerned. 
And so you can pray your prayers and you can ask the Lord to move in a way that only he can. And you know, part of the, the call, if you wanna call it that, is, is you know, that we would commit afresh and new to, to really grow and say, God, I wanna grow. And, um, and then just let him, you know, work that process out in your life. And um, I mentioned to you earlier about, um, you know, people being in a bad way. And um, um, I still think that maybe there's, there's something more to that. I'm not suggesting that these down here are that way, I'm just saying. And um, I really want you, if you didn't make your way down here, if you're there and say, well, I just can't do that, I really hope that you will um, commit your heart to him in this moment so that great things can happen. All right, bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, Jesus instituted this table we call communion as a memorial and as an opportunity for us to remember what he did. And we take and pause for these few moments to do just that, Lord. God, we can't tell you enough. We can't, there's no words to describe what it is that he has done for us and how thankful we are. But we come recognizing both the body and the blood of your son, the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, there are men and women that are standing here before you and they've come to commit and they're asking you to help. And so God, I wanna thank you for the spirit of God in their lives to do just that so that they can grow and flourish and be delivered from whatever it is, Father, that's been plaguing their lives. And that they'll just say, God, you gotta help me. And we ask you, Father, as a congregation of people, help us to be the people that you want us to be, to, to live with passion for the kingdom of God. And not to be sedentary or complacent or or indifferent or anything of that nature, but God, we ask you to stir up our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We know that we have a part to play in that, but God, we just ask you for a new and a fresh grace, blessing, anointing, help, empowerment of the Spirit of God. Father, we thank you for his body, broken for us, and we partake of it in Jesus' name. You may partake of the bread. And for this cup, Father, it is without question life. Life that really the world knows nothing of. But Father, we do. And we're thankful for this life. Oh, so thankful. And we participate together in faith because of what it is he did for us in Jesus' name. You may partake of the cup. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.